Hello, and welcome to another episode of RPG The Golden Years. And guess what I've not got ready, Rich? I was going to say, you didn't get the drop ready. <laughs> oh, man. You know, I'd had, I'd had a really good run. <laughs> I'd had like five or six episodes where I think I've managed to get it every single time. But uh, yeah, unfortunately not today. Here it comes. Yes, welcome to the golden years of RPGs, otherwise known as whatever me and Rich decide is the golden years. <laughs> That's right. Yes, uh, and we're currently situated in 1990, and we've been there for a very long time. <laughs> yeah, it's a big year. <laughs> it is, but we're, we've we've got stuck on the first, no, no, the second game. <laughs> yeah, but we're gonna be we're gonna be done here soon. Yes, uh, ho- hopefully we'll be done here soon. I'm yeah. hoping next week's episode will be the review. Okay, I'm getting I'm getting pretty close. So let's jump in here, Rich. Where where are you with Fantasy Star Two? Eh, we're gonna skip that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you know, uh, should we talk about it next week? Yeah, we'll talk about it next week. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm I'm getting right near the end. Okay. So uh, I have just exited the crevice on Devo on Dizo. Uh, yeah, I had a good old plow for a good crevice. <laughs> uh, it was a good time. Yeah, it was a good time. Good time. You know, I got really deep in that crevice, and uh, I came out the other end a better man for it. <laughs> Stronger. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> Such dirty talk that you just said right there. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Why? Why would you call it the crevice? Why not call it like you know, know the valley or something? I suppose yeah, that's maybe that's not much better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I suppose it's my my dirty adult mind, really. But yes, uh, and so I've done that, and I've done the first dungeon on Dizo. So I think I've now got three more dungeons to go, and then I think I've got the final dungeon, Rich. That's good. So I'm getting there. I've got a lot of leveling to do, though. A lot of grinding. Eleven uh, dungeons still left to do. Is that what oh you no. Said? No, a lot, sorry. Oh, okay. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Eleven dungeons? Uh, no, I've got three like smaller dungeons and then i think i've got one end dungeon uh i'm not too sure whether the end dungeon is going to be like an enormous thing or a tiny thing (laughs) i don't know whether it's just like here here's the final boss sort of thing because that's kind of what it was like on fantasy star one although they've they fucking hid him behind a a secret entrance (laughs) oh that was so annoying yeah fantasy star one rich the final dungeon you basically you go to see the governor and you fall through the floor and there's a dungeon there but it's a big square and you walk round and round this square and there's no entrance and you have to walk and turn to the left to look at the wall and you have to keep doing that until you find a secret entrance which then led to the final boss. That's weird. <laughs> uh, it's just the way these old games used to work. Yeah. <clears throat> you know. And, I mean, the bad part is you didn't have internet to look the stuff, the crap up. No. You know, like, oh, no, this you is said, how we did it. No, it had to be trial and error. You, know, you had to know. I mean, like, by that point in the fantasy, in Fantasy Star 1, you kind of knew that there were, you know, hidden entrances in dungeons. You just had to look at a wall every now and then. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it was just an absolute nightmare. It's just like, oh, my God. <laughs> I walked around that square about three times, and I was like, oh, I'm going to have to look at the wall. <laughs> you uh, know, you've got a wall to the left and right, so you've got to do left and right, checking both walls, man. Yep. Ah, terrible, terrible stuff. <laughs> but yeah you know that's what games used to be like in a day they wanted to challenge you not with your mind but with your wits <laughs> they drive you to your wits end yep and then now they just give you Fortnite, where you just run around and shoot things that's all you do yeah. no challenge no. well i'm sure there's challenge in that game but i'm just saying um yeah yeah really annoying 
<laughs> but yes, hopefully we will have the Fantasy Star 2 review out next week. So, guys, ladies, gentlemen, um, piglets. I assume we've got pigs listening to the show. <laughs> they might. If you've got your if you've got your own reviews for Fantasy Star 2, send them in. You can send them to our lovely new email address at rpggy1 at gmail.com. Yay. Yeah, rpg1 at gmail.com. And we also we do want your um your who's that RPG characters because we've only got one left today. <laughs> I so, wanna I wanna save that one for the review. That's what I wanna do. I want to save that one. Oh really? You don't want to do it today? Yeah. Okay. Now okay. we'll save we'll, that one for the review. We'll save it for the review then. <laughs> I assume it's Fantasy Star Basin. <laughs> it might be. I think so. <laughs> um, I, I'm supposed to be reading it to you. You're not supposed to know what it is, aren't you? Oh, then no. The one I oh, the one I read to you was Fantasy Star. Yeah, That's, yeah. Me, me and Scott okay. did that, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Never mind. <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, right. We need to catch up on the stuff we did last week. Uh-huh. So we had a couple of battle royales. We had uh, Vivi from Final Fantasy IX versus uh, Vaughn from Legend of Legalia. And it, I think oh we all man. know what happened here. <laughs> Dude, he got destroyed. Yep, we had uh, 38 votes, which I think is a record for one of our um, RPG Battle Royales. Yeah. Uh, 38 votes, and 82% of that went to Vivi. And I think the only comments we got were, oh, poor Vaughn. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually surprised anybody, nobody commented back saying who's Vaughn <laughs> I, I think most people seem to know who he was but, yeah um, yeah. so Vivi absolutely smashed Vaughn and in the other category uh, we had Schluck or Schluck or Shock I don't know uh, from Xenoblade uh, versus Zack Fair from Crisis Core now admittedly because I've never played Xenoblade I kind of went for Zack so did I um but uh, Austin Austin Bracken, uh, good friend of the show, he actually gave us a couple of messages about uh, Schluck and showed uh, me some cool videos. And I'm impressed. Schluck looks absolutely awesome. <laughs> uh, he sent me a really cool GIF as well. Let's see if it will come up. Here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this thing's awesome. Look at this. Look at this. The big shiny thing. He's got his sword. It erupts with light. Huge beam. Look at that thing, man. Well, that's actually kind of cool. Oosh, bang. Yeah, Schluck looks awesome, man. It <laughs> gets me excited for the Xenoblade games later on. Um, oh. So, yeah, but unfortunately, Schluck uh, didn't win, but it was it was a bit close to this one. We had 33 votes, and Zach Fair won with 58% of the votes. I figured and that would happen. So, in the next round, uh, it won't be for a couple of weeks yet, but Zach Fair is going to go up against Cloud. <laughs> oh, no. That lines up nicely. And then we had the draw, didn't we, last week, uh, between yes. uh, Claude from Star Ocean 2 and Goku from Dragon Ball Z. I uh-huh. can't believe those two drew. Now, we had some backup characters, so we split the group, and we did Claude versus Freezer from Dragon Ball Z, who's the bad guy. And Freezer absolutely stomped Claude. <laughs> <laughs> we had 19 votes, and uh, Freezer won with 63%. And... The other one, we had uh, Goku from Dragon Ball Z versus Commander Shepard from Mass Effect. And again, Goku absolutely stomped him. So I don't really understand how Claude can draw with Goku, but can lose to Frieza. <laughs> I don't know, but I mean, uh, okay. We're just going to put these two together and see what happens. Yep. So we've got, uh, well, 
you know, if you've watched Dragon Ball Z, you know what happens. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but yes, we're going to have a, a quick one of Goku versus Freezer, and then that's going to be the end of round one. And then we'll move into, uh, well, that's the end of the bye round, I think we'll call it. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we'll move into the main, the main event of, well, well, just, you know, whittling down the characters a bit more. Uh, so if I bring that up here. Uh, sorry, I'm just bringing this up on my phone, Rich, because I didn't have it prepared on the laptop. <laughs> well, go ahead and scroll up on your screen while you do that. I'll talk about Operation Homepoint. Yep, I'll let you talk about Operation Homepoint. Okay, so the next thing, too, is uh, 99 Heal Potions. Honestly, t- uh, obviously, Tony, uh, true hoax, is still doing the home point, which is the Final Fantasy Eleven playthrough of the entire content starting um, January 1. Um, it looks like they're going to be on the Siren server. And Ace and himself will start on December 30th. I'm actually already in the game. Um, I played a little bit, I guess, last week. I haven't had a chance to get back into it to kind of mess around with it. But we're going to be in there. The They're going to be handing out Link Shells, which is, I don't know if you guys know what Link Shells are. They're guild communications, I believe. I read that right. Um, they're going to hand those out in uh, Bastok. And the details are in, the, in their Discord channel. Um, you can find that on 99 Heal Potions. Um, Twitter page to get to all that. Cool. Yeah, I think uh, if you know, it's a really good chance if you ever wanted to play Final Fantasy XI. Uh, almost not the way it was intended because I know it's been nerfed a lot. But uh, oh, if yeah. you want to play it with an with an actual group of people, <laughs> yeah. as the game was intended, uh, I think that's a really good opportunity to finally jump into Final Fantasy XI. I've got a feeling this Final Fantasy XI will not last. Um, until 2020 as they give it two years and they could be down uh, be done with it um yeah. oh speaking of final fantasy 11 let's kind of jump to final fantasy uh, 14 uh did you know that they announced a new expansion for that game over the weekend i did not i missed that yeah hold on let me get it pulled up here you're gonna be shocked okay uh well <clears throat> um while, while you're pulling that up i will announce the next two brackets Okay. So we have, uh, where are we up to? We're up to eight. So round nine will be Anna from Parasite Eve. Anna. Okay. Is that her name? Yeah, I believe so. I thought it was Alia or something. Oh, Mm. man. We are the worst RPG show ever. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right. Uh, Yes, but it's uh, the main. Anna. I thought it was Anna. Aya. A-Y-A. Right, there we go. Okay. Yeah, and Scott's going to yell at us for that. Yep. Yeah. Now Scott always yells at us. <laughs> uh, Parasite Eve uh, versus Rose from Legend of the Groon. Uh, that one's going to be tough, I think. I feel Rose is going to win that one. Uh, possibly. I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that could be a close one. There's a lot of love for uh, Anna out there. And the next one. It's weird. It's weird how these are numbered. They're not numbered in order. <laughs> uh, round ten is going to be Adel from Yeast. Uh, Yeast versus Noctis from FF15. Yeah, that one's Noctis is going to just blow that one out of the water. Really? Oh, I, yep. I know. I know. We'll see uh, Hajime Tabata. Good listener to the show. He's going to vote for uh, Adel. <laughs> yeah, it could be. <laughs> Oh, excuse me. All right, so oh. I got my, uh, I got the news there. Final Fantasy XIV's new expansion is called Shadowbringers, and they're introducing the Blue Mage, 
and gun blades. Oh wow! Yeah, are they going to be just as is the gun blade going to be just as useless in uh, eighteen? Probably <laughs> as in eight. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, most likely going to be that bad. Who knows? We'll see. Cool. Um, right. So we have our two brackets. Wow, I can't believe that. What, what was it going to be called again? The new expansion? Oh, Shadowbringer. Shadowbringer. That's pretty cool. So we've had, uh, what was it Stormblood? Uh, no, Heaven's Ward. Sean, uh... <laughs> it's just the normal one. Um... Normal one, Heaven's Ward, Stormblood, and now Shadowbringer. Correct. That's cool. I think they're planning to do that sort of once a year, aren't they, really? Well, it's supposed to be released summer, uh, summer 2019. So I think, if I remember right, Stormblood was released in summer, too. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah. Look forward to that, guys, uh, for all of our 14 players out there. Uh, don't know how many there are of you. <laughs> I'll pick it back up. We'll see. Yeah. I still got to beat uh, Heaven's Word content. <laughs> well, I think you have to wait till you finish uh, nine's con- uh, 11's contents first. <laughs> I know. So, I got, I got time. Right. Uh, RPG news, or golden year news. Uh, so, you had your... Um, you, you yourself, Rich, <laughs> activated another... Uh, Japanese game vote. Yes, and I have to admit this was quite shocking. <laughs> yeah, I was not. I was really surprised about this one. I mean, I got the blame for this as well, but you know, there, there's there's the there's the tweet I sent out, which I got blamed for. Yep. <laughs> I don't think I really don't think I was suggestive in any way of what people should vote for with that tweet. No, you weren't. <laughs> I mean, that's I'm I'm not giving you full blame. I'm giving you a little bit of blame. Yeah. So, because I, I I set these up to um you know to finish hopefully you know shortly before our episode starts you know uh, unfortunately this week we had to delay our recording but this was set up to uh, finish about a half an hour before we record you know to make it nice and fresh. Um. So half an hour before that, uh you know the votes were coming along. We were, I think we were at 21 votes at the time, Rich. And Romancing Saga Two was in the lead. It looked like it was in the lead by quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, I was so, so happy with that. So, yeah, guys, the uh, the vote this week was between Dragon Quest V, Romancing Saga 2, Live Alive, and Treasure of the Rudas. Now, I'm pretty sure as well that um, Romancing Saga 2 was winning with half an hour to go, and Dragon Quest V was in second place. You know, I, I had only glanced it, but I definitely remember there was only 21 votes. So half an hour before the vote finished... I sent out a tweet from the RPG Golden Years account saying, last chance to vote, folks, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, you know, and I tagged in the actual, the original tweet for the, uh, for the, uh, for the vote. And yeah, when I checked back an hour later, uh, Alive Alive had won. (laughs) We'd got 26 votes. So five people must have gone on and voted for Alive Alive because it absolutely smashed it. I blame you. (laughs) I know. That's what Deesa said. <laughs> she said, "This is all your fault, Bill." She's like, "How?" <laughs> I, just I was so close people, to winning. I just reminded people that they had, you know, the last opportunity to vote, and for some reason, everyone voted alive alive. You can't because you can't even see who's winning if you haven't voted. So, yeah, madness. But thanks to everyone who voted alive alive. <laughs> uh, I think that game looks really interesting, albeit a little bit short. <laughs> yeah, like, Deesa said it's quite a short game, and if Deesa says it's a short game, it probably is a really short game. Because <laughs> she takes forever to play games. <laughs> oh, man, yeah, absolute madness. But uh, I don't think that's for a while yet. Anyway, it looks like it's quite far down no. the list. 
<laughs> it's certainly after we played Legend of Legalia. In fact, actually, Live Alive looks like it pops in... Oh, no, yeah, it's, it, it's definitely in next season, but then most of the games are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we've got that to look forward to. Um, yes, so we've done this week's votes, we've done next week's votes, and we've spoken about that. Uh, Operation Homepoint. Should we get into the uh, the main part of the episode, Rich? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so this week, guys, uh, well, I say this week, uh, on the 13th of November, it was the anniversary of the release of one of my favourite ever RPGs. It was the 18th birthday of Final Fantasy IX. You feel the nostalgia, Rich. I absolutely bloody love this game. I do too, but man, that music though is a little cringy. <laughs> it is, Sorry. but I mean, like when you're watching the video with it, which obviously, you know, being a, a podcast, no one will be. Oh yeah, <laughs> this is just a, a trailer for uh, FF9. That I just thought I'd stick on in the background. Oh man, look look at this stuff. Look at Ramo. Ah, oh, I just love it. This game. I just is... play this game again. I know I mean, it's so good. I don't uh, know why people hated it, like didn't like it at first, but it's such a cult classic in the series now. I think. The main problem it had on release, because I think this is like one of the, um, I think because I think Final Fantasy Ten sold, uh, sorry, Final Fantasy Seven uh, sold like about ten million copies or something ridiculous, and then Final Fantasy Eight sold like eight nine million copies, and this only sold four, but you do have to remember this was at the end of the PlayStation's life. It was like two thousand and um, I think it was year two thousand. Yeah, I think so. And you got to remember Final Fantasy. So I think the PlayStation Two was already out. So people were kind of moving on with their consoles. And then a year later, they released um, Final Fantasy X. So I don't kind of... I feel like it didn't really have its chance to shine. (laughs) It's the best way of describing it. But, you know, for those who played it, most people absolutely love it. Um, Like me, I love it. I think it's probably the best Final Fantasy game, even though it's not my favourite Final Fantasy game. I can hear Schwe- I can hear Schweiss's voice now, screaming from the post office. <laughs> you know what? He can just deal with it. He's not end all be all decision maker here. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But he he loves the old idea of you know what's the best versus what's your favorite. And yeah, um, my favorite is Final Fantasy VII because there's just so much nostalgia with it. It's what turned me. Yeah. To, it's what turned my heads towards RPGs in the first place. But at the same time, I think Nine's a better game. You know, and, and I, I think the same way. Eight's my favorite, but nine is a better game. Yeah, nine yeah. is just awesome. It's kind of got it all. Uh, it's got interesting storyline, interesting characters, uh, and yeah, I am very happy to say happy 18th birthday. It's now of um, legal drinking age in the UK. Yeah, well, <laughs> so, it was released in uh, July 7th, 2000. What? Well, it says it was released there, probably in. Um, was that in Japan? Yeah, it's probably in Japan. Um, hang on, let's have a look. <laughs> yeah, July 7, 2000. 
Oh, I, was gonna say, I was going from a tweet from Fancy Anime, who I normally consider a... Oh, yeah, there we go. So it was 18 years ago on the 13th of November in North America. Yep. Uh, so I assume it's probably got another couple of weeks until it was uh, released in the UK. Most likely. Because <laughs> you all don't get nothing. Uh, well, we always but, get months then, later. It's really annoying. But here's the good thing. Um, for a lot of people that don't know this, or they might, um, it's available on your PlayStation... Uh, PlayStation Vita... Your iOS, your Android, your Microsoft Windows phone, whoever has those. Uh, PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch, that's coming soon. And it says Xbox One, but I don't think so, is it? Uh, I think so. I don't know. Um, yeah, because it's the, it's the port uh, that they did for the iOS. So the PlayStation okay. 4, um, the Windows One, the, the one that will be on the Switch and the Xbox One, that's like the... That's the newer one that they did where um, you can get, you have to do like a, a thousand jump ropes with Vivi to get a trophy. Yeah. <laughs> Which is insane. <laughs> yeah, screw that crap. Yeah, that's absolutely obscene. Fuck you, Square. <laughs> yep. Nope. You, you bum holes. What, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> a thousand jump ropes. Like, even just the amount of time you'd have to sit there going. Uh, it's, it's it's forever. Like, yeah, it is obscene. And it's hard enough as it is. And also, the animations glitched as well on the port that they did for that. Yeah, <laughs> the, uh, the, the children aren't holding the rope the rope's like slightly off to one side nice god damn it square sort your pulse out <laughs> anyway. don't yell at me maybe listening square Tabata yeah. no you're not there anymore <laughs> Namora, yeah, Tabata had nothing to do with this one yeah. Namora sort yourself sort, sort your shit out <laughs> uh, yeah no nah, sorry <sighs> uh, no this was yeah, it was Ito anyway wasn't it it was the director of this one Kiryuki Ito no um, Oh, he's yeah. A, yeah, I was. Yeah, sorry. he was the director of Final Fantasy IX. But I, uh, whoever did the pull, you suck. <laughs> yeah. But yes, the but the original old PlayStation One one is uh, still available on uh, PSN, which is where I bought it about ten years ago. So I'm able to put it on my PlayStation Three, on my PSP, my PS Vita. I love it. Yeah, uh, right so, yeah, so I also it on my phone. I think. Wow, that's. Uh, I, I was tempted when it came out, but then I saw the price tag. <laughs> Well, I mean, I did it a while back, and then I actually beat it on my phone. Not too well, maybe last year or so, year before. Oh, it wasn't cool. bad playing on my phone. Yeah, no, so. I mean, I, I suspect. I mean, I want to play it on the phone. I've got FS, um, I've got FS six on the phone, mm-hmm. uh, and FF five, and I love those ports. I think uh, people give them crap because they change the sprites and the way they look, but it's the same game, still plays the same. And also, um, in Final Fantasy six, you can automate Sabine's. Um, <laughs> Uh, special moves instead of having to type them in every time, which oh. is great. <laughs> uh, and you can auto battle. Oh, auto battler! Oh, <laughs> it's so much better with auto battler. Makes the grind so much less grindy. But uh, what I want to talk about today, Rich, is um, Final Fantasy IX fan theories because there are tons of them. <laughs> Absolutely tons of them. Um, so, do you know much about FF9 fan theories? I, I don't know any fan theories on this thing. <laughs> Stay away from them. Yeah? Ah, oh, I like fan theories. They're, they're, sometimes they're good. It's nice to question uh, what they could have done or how the translation might have gone wrong somewhere down the line. True. Um, yes, so I've got a couple here for you. Um, I'm going to range from, you know, some very simple ones that probably aren't true, but, you know, you can see the connections. Uh, and then I'm going to talk about the Necron theory. <laughs> which is the big one it's the one that everyone uh, talks about really um, because Necron just appears out of nowhere at the end of the game or does he <laughs> but yes <clears throat> so the first one on my list here is that FF9 
takes place in the same world as the very first Final Fantasy game. Okay. Okay. Have you played the first Final Fantasy game? Uh, no. Oh, we'll have to we'll have to correct that at some point. Yes. Because <laughs> uh, I, I think it's very good, especially if you play the um, the PSP versions. They're a lot more balanced, and it takes out all the uh, the shitty bits of the game. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, yes, so some fans believe that FF9 takes place um, years after the Final Fantasy game. Uh, the geographical boundaries in both worlds look really similar, and they kind of overlap really well. And uh, they also have similar landmarks, like Mount Glug. And in addition to that, both parties have to defeat Lynch, Meredith, Tiamat, and Kraken fiends. Now, in fairness... Sure. Final Fantasy IX was designed to be a massive callback to all the Final Fantasy games. And there are other locations in Final Fantasy IX named after other Final Fantasy game locations. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not putting too much into this theory. <laughs> but the other connection as well is that the, uh, the main villain in both games is called Garland. And when you defeat Garland in the very first Final Fantasy game, he does say to you, he'll be waiting for the Warriors of Light in the future, which could suggest that the Garland from FF1 is the same Garland in FF9. Uh, again, I don't particularly believe that because when Garland says that, uh, that's before the whole time jump thing in Final Fantasy 1. <laughs> so I think he's just talking about the end game part of Final Fantasy 1, even though that takes place in the past. <laughs> but then Garland will always be waiting in the future. It's just, yeah. yeah. I think that's part of the shitty time loop that Final Fantasy 1 creates for itself. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, that is an interesting theory, you know, that they are in the same universe. Any thoughts on that, Rich? I suppose not because you haven't played number one. <laughs> no, I mean, it makes sense if that would be, you know, that way. But in my opinion, I think what they did was just did a callback to the series, but. Um, you know, it, it, it just something that people were stretching for. I just think it was just something that they, they put in there. It's like, okay, we're just going to call it back and we're going to do this, 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 we're going to put this in the game. It doesn't have any connection to it, but they're just, you know, deals for it. So, hmm. and then we have, so my next, my next fan theory is that final fantasy three and FF nine have the same final boss. <laughs> Uh, you, you can see how a lot of fan theories tend to uh, circulate around Necron. <laughs> I think most of the game makes sense apart from that to most people, so most people then delve into trying to think of theories about it. Um, so the character models look very different uh, between uh, Cloud of Darkness and um, Necron. Um, but a lot of people think they're the same entity because they both show up at the very end of game out of nowhere and they've both got the same motives to end all life on the planet. Now, yeah. admittedly, Ending life on the planet is a fairly common motive between most bosses in Final Fantasy. Uh, Sephiroth kind of wanted to do the same thing. Kefka kind of wanted to do the same thing. Xdef wanted to do the same thing. I think they all just want to be alone. Like, just kill everything off and just be alone. Yeah, ah, oh, silence. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's what no, they want. No one's talking to me anymore. Thank God for that. <laughs> um, but yes, there was also, someone did point out the fact that uh, Necron was actually originally named Eternal Darkness in the Japanese version. Uh, just to try and put a bit more length, a uh, bit more girth behind that theory. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think to be honest with you, I think that's a pretty weak theory. I just think again, probably the idea behind Necron was Final Fantasy III because the game was trying to use all these type of callbacks. You know, you fight Kuja, you beat Kuja, and then 
you know, oh, let's throw in an emboss like we did at the end of Final Fantasy III. <laughs> yeah. Because, again, what people what people tend to forget as well is how popular Final Fantasy III was in Japan. The game was huge in Japan. Obviously, it was never released over here until the DS version. Thank you, Square. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, it's a fan favourite out there. So it wouldn't surprise me that there's lots of Final Fantasy III references in the game that's, uh, <clears throat> that's uh, dedicated to it. Well, dedicated to uh, callbacks. <laughs> yeah. As nine is. So I'm going to start delving into the Necron theory here, Rich, which is the big one. Okay. Uh, so first of all, and spoilers, everyone, I'm going to talk about the very ending of Final Fantasy IX. So if you haven't played it, and you do wish to play it at some point, I highly suggest you do. I'd also suggest you probably just stop listening to the rest of the show. Because <laughs> we're going to talk in depth about it. Yeah. Um, so, the canon. The canon thing with Necron. So, at the end of Final Fantasy IX, uh, when Zidane uh, wakes up on the Hill of Despair, he is greeted by Necron's voice, uh, emanating from rays of light above the hill. Uh, the entity announces that by observing Kuja's murderous actions, it has concluded that all life exists to seek death. Necron resolves <clears throat> to destroy the crystal, the origin of life, and thus reverting everything to world zero. Uh, the perpetual nothingness of an existence uh, of perfect... <laughs> I've tripped over my words. And thus reverts everything to world zero of perpetual nothingness. The existence that would be without fear or death it teleports the heroes to a coliseum like structure uh, structure and engages them in battle you know kind of feels like necron just appears out of nowhere <laughs> uh, he then uses a plethora of destructive magic uh, but is defeated kuja uses the last of his power to teleport zidane and his friends back to the life tree and as necron dis- uh, dissipates uh, it is shocked to find the strength of those who have the will to live. Uh, the being pledges that it will always exist as long as there is life and death. That's that's what happens at the end of the game. So yeah, yeah this, this guy this guy pops into the world, goes, "You're all fucked. I'm going to kill you all." <laughs> yeah, which is weird. Yep, you beat him, and then he buggers off again, but goes, "I'll always be here." <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but in the Final Fantasy 20th Anniversary Ultimania. Again, hasn't been released in English yet, so we're going on translations again. Uh, in File 1 character book, Necron is described as a being awakened by Kuja's fear, despair, and hatred, which is uh, called out as he is learned of his mortality, um, <clears throat> which is called out to it as he learned of his mortality, just as his amb- just as his ambitions were within reach. So it's kind of you know. The problem that Kuja's having at the end of the game where he suddenly realises that he's mortal, he's not immortal, and that his ambitions were in reach, but you know, your your party's stopping him, that awakens Necron Necron. Which is all a bit of a bugger, really. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the uh, that's the canon that Square uses. Now, the Necron theory goes back a bit further. So uh, Garland uh, the, ba- uh, the main protagonist bad guy, because he's the guy who kind of you know creates Kuja and stuff. Um, he is the ruler of Tetra, and he sent several several of his minions to Gaia, which is the main planet of Final Fantasy IX, um, in order to cause wars so that everybody would die. 
uh, very similar to F FF4 there. Uh, the four fiends uh, were charged with protecting the keys to Terra's entrance. Uh, Kuja was sent out to cause wars, which he did very nicely. <laughs> and uh, Soul Cage was in charge of halting the flow of souls on Gaia. And that is what causes the mist in Final Fantasy IX. Is Soul Cage preventing Gaia uh, from collecting the dead souls? You know, oh. Kind of very life streamy, like you know, souls are supposed to return to life life stream of FF 9s planet or whatever it is, but Soul Cage was stopping that from happening. Uh, I think it's in disc two that you actually fight and kill Soul Cage, and then the mist disappears. But Soul Cage's so, okay. job was the most important. <clears throat> uh, yeah, because of the life stream. Um, uh, but by halting the new life stream, new souls couldn't be born. Birth slowly became impossible, for without a soul, living creatures can't complete. Uh, mist is a byproduct of the soul haunting. Uh, yeah, I've said that. <laughs> Damn it. I write all this stuff out, Rich. <laughs> then I feel like I've got bits to add, but I've already written them. Um, so this is how um, the Black Mages eventually gained wheels and souls, because they are made of mist. So they're then absorbing souls as they're not being absorbed into the earth. You know, all crazy stuff. Okay. Uh, Garland's plan was to gather all of Gaia's spirit energy into the life of tree. <clears throat> um, and once all of the Gaians were dead and their souls gathered, Garland would use Gaia's spirit energy to revive the terror, uh, to revive terror and its citizens. Uh, <clears throat> one can also assume that uh, Kuja Zidane uh, were given souls courtesy of the mist. Yeah, that's, that's an assumption I'm making there. <laughs> yeah, um, that's probably what happened. Uh, as stated, it was Soul Cage's job to make sure that this happened. Um, he halted the souls, and thus the mist was born. Uh, it appeared the mist continent. It appeared on the mist continent because that's where the uh, life tree's roots led to. However, due to circumstances, Kuja ended up annihilating ends up annihilating Terra, the very planet he was originally trying to save. What becomes of all the spirit energy gathered at the life tree? Who knows? <laughs> uh, but when the when the party meets Soul Cage, <clears throat> uh, he makes it perfectly perfectly clear that he is incapable of lying by spelling <laughs> by telling you all about Kuja's plans. <laughs> and before being fought, he says, "I have seen the end of my thousand year life, and it is not now. You cannot defeat me." You know, that's a spooky premonition he's making there. Uh, and then the party supposedly kills him, uh, and the mist vanishes from the world. Uh, when Zidane later confronts Garland, Zidane gets cocky about how he killed the monster that created the mist. However, Garland tells <clears throat> tells uh, tells Zidane that all he saw was the back door of the tree, an illusion of sorts. When Zidane returns to Gaia, guess what he sees? Mist. So the mist has returned. The entire planet is covered in it. Um, but how can the mist be there if the creature creating it is dead? Who knows? because <laughs> he wasn't he was probably still alive <laughs> that was safe uh, to assume yes yeah uh, so in order for all that mist to have been created a lot of souls would have had to have been uh, pro uh, processed by soul cage and with terror gone guess who gets to mooch off all the leftovers and who will absorb all of the dead souls becoming a living embodiment of death itself soul cage does so he adopts himself a new name befitting of this action of just sucking up all the dead from Terror and from Gaia Necron because Necron means dead in Latin true yes yep <laughs> so I'm following uh, you there <laughs> <laughs> you, you following Rich yes I'm following it's good yeah it, it, gets, it gets a little bit confusing especially as I tend to stumble over my words a lot <laughs> no no uh, 
And further evidence that you can have to this fact that a soul cage, you know, starts absorbing all this dead life and becomes Necrom is that the, the fight that you have um, in Memoria, the fight that you have in Memoria um, <clears throat> is actually uh, above where the life tree is and soul cage is home. <laughs> okay, I get that. You know, it's a similar thing that they used in a Final Fantasy um, uh, 7 where kind of Sephiroth plans to do the same thing where he's going to wipe out the planet and then use the life stream, which is the souls of the planet, and send himself up into the atmosphere <laughs> to find a new home. <laughs> okay. Um, so it's something they've kind of used before. But yeah, yeah. That, that is the Necron theory, that Soul Cage, who you meet earlier on in the game, is actually in fact Necron. I gotcha. So we pissed him off. We killed him. He gets mad, comes back as a bigger, badder guy and says, I'm, this is it. I'm just going to end everything. Yeah. Okay. So you sort of, you that. sort of kill an illusion of the being, uh, sort of temporarily helping the problem. But then when terror dies and all the dead souls are released and there's more mist because it can't be processed, the only yeah. creature that can process it is soul cage. So he becomes even bigger and more powerful and becomes a Necron. Okay. And I that like is, that. That's the Necron theory. I think that kind of makes a lot more sense than just, uh, oh, Kuja was really um, unhappy at the end, so Necron appeared. <laughs> Certainly got a bit more of a flow to it, but it is a bit of a stretch at the same time. Yeah. It's just taking a few kind of like misleading comments, which could have just been misleading via translation. <laughs> Who knows? But yeah, uh, then I've got a couple of other... I've got a little bit of fun for you here, Rich. This is one fan theory here at the very end that all the main characters, because there are eight of them, they all in some way represent one of the older games in the series. Okay. <laughs> uh, now, admittedly, uh, the one for Amaran, I think it's a bit of a stretch. I think it's just like there was nowhere else for him to go, so he represents this game. <laughs> that or he just doesn't represent anything. Uh, so uh, I'm going to stop sharing my screen for a second. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've just been reading, but not all of it. I, I didn't read that fast. Ah, oh, damn! I was going to no, say, no, I was going to say, I was going to do a little game with you. I was going to, who do you think represents Final Fantasy One? Okay, I didn't read too much. The only thing I, I was thinking on was you had uh, Zidane's uh, age question mark. I think he's like seventeen. I think he's supposed to be seventeen, but I think the reason yeah. why it's kind of question mark is because he's like he's been created. <laughs> yeah, he could be like could, two. Yeah, he could be two. Uh, it could be the soul of a 17-year-old, or he could be like 600 years old, but he's only just awoken. Or he awoke 17 years ago. Yeah, I'm just being a bit ambiguous of it. Queena is apparently 89. Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think I think they last a very long time. Uh, so, uh, which game do you... Which, which character in Final Fantasy IX do you think would represent Final Fantasy One? I, I gotta think. I gotta think. Vivi? <laughs> no, it'd be Zidane. Why Zidane? Because all Zidane wants to do... Um, so his, his character bio uh, is you don't need a reason to help people. So all he wants to do is help people, which is very... Uh, you know, that's, that's his character, <laughs> yeah. which is the same in Final Fantasy 1, because all you do is walk around and help other people. <laughs> in fact, but <laughs> hold up, though. Hold up. So Zidane in the game, at the very beginning of the game, you start to realize that he's a ladies' man, or he tries to be. All he's doing is trying to impress uh, uh, Dagger. Yeah, that's all he's trying to do. 
So is he really trying to help people because he wants to help people, or is he doing it because he wants to impress a girl? Well, like, like I'm saying, in, in Zidane's bio, it does oh, just yeah. say you don't need a reason to help people. I think that's kind of what this person was basing these ideas on. Gotcha. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting it now. Okay. Um, so, Final Fantasy 2. Um, Final Fantasy 2. Um... I don't know. Pass. <laughs> uh, this this person's gone for Queena. <laughs> okay. Uh, age 89. Uh, just because Final Fantasy 2 is considered the oddball of the series. <laughs> I would get... Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> and, Qu- and Queena is so odd. Uh, I don't remember any frog collecting in Final Fantasy 2. So. Uh, but, see, I would have probably said Queena was Final Fantasy 3 because there is actually a frog quest in Final Fantasy 3. <laughs> Where you have to turn yourself into a toad to get through a sewer system. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, yeah, I would have probably reversed it, actually. I would have probably said Amaranth uh, would have been Final Fantasy 2 uh, because he's a silent type, a bit like Gus from Final Fantasy 2. Uh, obviously, this person has put Amaranth in Final Fantasy 3. <laughs> they've just put, I didn't really play Final Fantasy 3 and I've got nowhere else to put him. <laughs> so I would have probably swapped those two around. But who would you say represents Final Fantasy IV? Steiner? Yes, that's right. Oh, great. I got one. <laughs> and then I have a little game for you regarding Final Fantasy IX. Uh, so. Oh, excellent. Uh, okay, well, let's get through this quickly then. Uh, okay. So, yeah, Steiner represents Final Fantasy IV because, you know, he's a bit like Cecil, where he struggles between doing his duty and what's right. Okay. Uh, Final Fantasy V? Um... So you've got uh, Garnet, Freya, Vivi, and Eco left. Freya. Correct. <laughs> um, it's mainly to do with the fact that she has to deal with her emotional dilemma of, um, you know, her people's genocide. And X-Death commits a big load of genocide in, a <laughs> in Final Fantasy V. Um, yeah, I think, that's fairly loo- I think that's a fairly loose connection. What about FF6? Um, six. Vivi. Uh, they've gone for Garnet. Damn. <laughs> uh, mainly because um, uh, Terra and Garnet are kind of the last surviving like members of a powerful race. But again, that, okay. that's that's kind of weak because I would have said Ridia from Final Fantasy Four also falls into that character car- uh, yeah. category. Uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> they like to reuse themes in Final Fantasy games. Uh, so, who do you think represents Final Fantasy VII? Vivi. Correct. Okay, uh, like, I'm guessing that one again. Yeah, they've gone with the idea of that both Cloud and Vivi um, struggle to deal with their uh, their identity. So Vivi is being a being that's been created, uh, and Cloud, you know, because he thinks he's Zack. Yep. <laughs> he can't I can see that. Uh, and then finally, FF8, you've only got one character left. <laughs> oh, um, Aramat? Uh, no, no, it's, uh, it's, it's Eco, the little summoner girl. Oh, she lives in the village by herself with the Mogs, and so because she's all alone, and uh, Squall and Riona bang on about being on their own all the time. <laughs> That's true. Okay, that was the connection there. There you go, a little little fun one there. I I, I found that online, and not that I agree with all this person's comments, but uh, yeah, I just thought it was a fun little thing to play with. You. So, what, what game have you got okay. for me? All right, I got one that's saying, who said this? So it's a quote. It's a quote from the game, and you can tell me who said this. Okay. Let me pick a good one here. 
course, it's going to be tough. <laughs> it might be. Maybe not. I believe Kuja is the only one supplying Guac Brain with weapons. Who said that? I believe Kuja is the only one. Oh, Queen Bron with um, weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I this is probably is hard. It, is it Bako? Nope. Ah, oh, damn it. Uh, is it one of the main characters? Nope. Oh, what? <laughs> uh, well, I've... sort of. He's not. He's. You don't play him as a character, but he's a main character. Sid. Yep. There you hey, go. Frog Sid. Regent <laughs> Sid. Okay. Here's another one. Zorn Thorn. Prepare to extract the Adalians from uh, Garnet. Uh, Queen Bron. Yep. Yeah. Look at you. Look at you. <laughs> All right. The life of tree blocks the flow of Gaia's souls while it's though while it lets those of Terra flow freely. Soul Cage. Nope. <laughs> uh, Garland. Yep. Yeah. Then, <laughs> Just talked about here's, it. <laughs> here's the last one here for you. You'll probably get this one. Kuja. So you finally decide to show your girly face here. You're all that stands between me and total domination. Kuja? <laughs> Kuja. Why would Kuja be talking about Kuja? <laughs> um, you show your girly face here. I assume it could be Zidane. Nope. Hmm. But he does have a girly face. You finally show your girly face here. Queen Brown? Yep. Hey. <laughs> yeah, do you remember she um they were she was on the ships? Yeah, she tries to the... double cross him, doesn't she? Yeah. yeah. And she ends up using uh Bahamut and then Alexander comes uh, out. Oh man, that's who watch. comes out? I can't remember who Alexander. Comes out. Oh yeah, man. Alexander comes out and just rocks him. <sighs> that's one of the best that's probably the one of the best scenes in Final Fantasy. It's between that and the you know, the two what well, my two favourite scenes in any Final Fantasy game ever are the that scene between Bahamut and Alexander. Oh, um, wait, no, it wasn't that scene, by the way. No, uh, bah- she pulled Bahamut out and then he used that ship and oh, the, the captured him. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that scene's also pretty good. Ah, uh, yeah. But yeah, that one, um, the VV scene on the ship where they're running from the Black Waltz. A lot of emotion there. Oh, that's so good. And uh, yeah, and the uh, Final Fantasy VII with Sephiroth. They're my top three. Sephiroth yeah. going through the fire, the flames. Through the fire and the flames we carry on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there you go, a little bit of Dragon Force for you there. Um, yeah, yeah uh, any more? Or is that it? Um, I had the scores here for the game itself. Um, it was ranked one of the highest scoring games in, on the, in the series. Um, Metacritic had it rated for 94. Um, 88 iOS, 84 PC, PlayStation 4 was 85. Um, I mean, Game Informer rated it 9.75 out of 10. Um, it's won multiple awards, fourth annual interactive achievement awards, console of the console RPG of the year, outstanding achievement in art direction, and outstanding achievement in animation. Um, and then during the six Golden Satellite Awards, best interactive product slash video Okay, So it's it's won some awards. That's good. I absolutely love the music from this game. Uh, yeah, it sold 2.65 million copies in Japan at the end of 2000. Um, okay. I'm not sure how much it sold in America. Uh, still, uh, yeah, it didn't sell so well in Europe and Japan. Da, 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 yeah, da, da, da. Uh, yeah, it wasn't the best-selling Final Fantasy game. <laughs> Which is crazy, but <laughs> as okay. I mentioned, yeah, it is crazy. But like I say, I think it's just timing. 
it was at the end of life of the PS1. People started getting PS2s and were interested in the new graphics because there was such a jump between the PS1 and PS2. Sure. And then, yeah, shortly afterwards, Final Fantasy X came out. But it was still a jump of graphics between Final Fantasy VII, or VIII to nine. Yeah, they certainly smoothed it all up a bit, I think. But, I mean, you're still just using the same sort of, you know, pre-rendered backdrop thing. But, um, yeah, I absolutely love Final Fantasy IX. Uh, if you haven't played it, um, sorry, we've just spoiled the whole thing for you. <laughs> yeah, 18 years old. Basically, there's a confusing bit at the end of the boss. <laughs> yeah. The rest of the game is great. Um, yeah, you should jump in and play this game. It's amazing. Right. I highly um, agree. Right, Rich. Um, we did a little tweet out on whether people like turn-based or action RPGs. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, last week we spoke about uh, Nomura leaving Square, and so we decided to ask you guys what you thought about um, Square Enix uh, and the series being action-based RPG. Would you like it to stay like an action RPG or go turn-based? Uh, 37 of you turned out for this voting, and unsurprisingly, you all went for turn-based. Yeah. <laughs> 84% no of you. Yeah, 84% of you. Uh, personally... I kind of like the fact that Square try to innovate all their games and they change them up as they go along. So I like the fact that it's action RPG as long as they're original with it. Yeah. I kind of felt like they could have done a bit more with 15's battle system, but again, you know, we'll have to see how that goes in the future. If they come up with some sort of like crazy brand new turn-based idea that's awesome, I would absolutely love it, but I just can't see it happening. I feel like they want to appeal to the more modern audience who plays games like Fortnite. <laughs> yeah, but that's a problem. We do that. It, we, it dumbs down the gaming experience. I know, but it's up, that's what I mean. It's up. It's Square's job to innovate it. True. And make it uh, more enjoyable. Because, yeah, I mean, like, I didn't really... But... I still don't really understand the whole, you know, leveling system in 15. Like, I'd occasionally just go in there and just plop a few things on, and I'd be absolutely unbeatable. Yeah. And it's just like I didn't really get but it. Now... <laughs> But if you think about it, though, with Octopath Travel being such a like a sleeper hit for that for for Square, it, I mean, it's hard to ignore the fact that those game types are still wanted by the public. They are, but I mean, what's the difference in sale? I mean, we know obviously Square spent a lot of money on uh, fifteen, and they only yeah. sold like eight point five million copies or whatever it was. Yeah, eight point five million copies <laughs> of like multiple different versions of the thing. Yeah, so. but at the same time. How many copies did Octopath Traveler sell? Because I assume the reason why Octopath Octopath Traveler is referred to as a, as a hit is probably because it cost next to nothing to make, like one of their little B studios, uh, and it sold more than they imagined it would. Like maybe say like three or four million. I'm, I'm just saying like the comparison, you know. Final Fantasy games will probably sell more, but it will cost Square a lot more to make them. So they have to be innovative. True. They have to try and innovate with it. Whereas with Will the little games, in... little side games that they create, like Octopath Traveler, they can be a bit more, you know, standard. It's Dragon Quest that Square has to be careful with. You know? Yeah. Because Dragon well, Quest in Japan is like um, sacred. If yeah. they ever screw up that, so far they haven't. <laughs> but if they ever screw up a Dragon Quest game, uh, that could be disastrous for Square. Yeah. Well, Octopath Travel sold 1 million copies in sales and shipments um, within the first month. Now, with it being an only a X or a Switch exclusive, I mean, that's pretty impressive. Mm. 
that is pretty impressive. But again, you know, there is a huge difference there between 1 million and 8 million. <laughs> True. So, yeah, you know, it is a hit. Uh, I have not, enough. as everyone knows, I haven't got a Switch. I'm still waiting for the Patreon to build up. <laughs> um, yeah. But, you know, I, I assume Octopath Traveler is a very good game. But like I said, I don't think Square probably invested a lot of money into it. You know, probably I imagine, not, I, I imagine like maybe two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars or something to make a small sprite-based RPG. Um, I and when I say small, I'm talking here. file size. <laughs> yeah. As opposed to making a huge game like Final Fantasy 15, which they make their own. Like that's the thing that I find ridiculous with Square is that they make their own engines for these games. Like the Crystal Tools engine, which was used to make Final Fantasy 13, 13, 2, and Lightning Returns, and then it's never been used again. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they make them and then they scrap them. Yeah, they make them and scrap them. It's just like, what's the point? Just use, just, just use Unreal. I know Unreal will get cut, yeah. but <laughs> you know, you must be able to do something other than make your own system from scratch. Come on, Square, stop wasting money. Give us Final Fantasy sixteen tomorrow. <laughs> yes, that's what we want. Um, okay, uh, I think the only other thing I've got to note on. Uh, you remember we were speaking about the PS One Classic. Yeah. Did you know Sony had used the PSXE emulator for that? Seriously? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, someone someone went in, found it, and uh, yeah, it's the PSXE emulator. They've only gone in and just made a few minor adjustments because the version they're using has online play capability, and they just turned it off. Huh. <laughs> so I suspect that will be being hacked very quickly. Oh, I don't doubt that. But yeah, very, very um, I kind of feel like that's quite a smart move from Square. Yeah, I mean, don't yeah. waste time with that. Just go, okay, we'll just get this from you guys and just deal with it. And... Yeah, looking at a dev, yeah, development point of view, you've got an open source software that's been tested for like the last 20 years. <laughs> yep. And yeah, just pick a really stable version of that that you know plays the 20 games you're going to put on it and you're sorted. Yep. I'm still pissed off that they've got 20 crap games though. Yeah, but, that's you know, why I can't. They're, they're not all crap, but you know, oh, there's only like five or six. It's just not worth it. Especially when I can emulate it on my phone. <laughs> and pretty much, and the five or six that I have got, I already own them all on the PSN store. So, yeah, yeah. But that's the thing; I do find that a bit confusing because obviously the PSN store has its own built-in PS1 emulator. So I'm wondering if the one on the PlayStation 3 and the PS Vita is also the PSXE, but no one's hacked it. It probably is. <laughs> That'd be funny. All right, then, but yeah, I just thought there was a little update on that on that moment. Yeah. Cool. All right, Rich. Uh, I'm out of things to talk about. I have nothing else. Excellent. Okay, so fingers crossed. This is episode 24. Uh, episode 25 will be <laughs> the Fantasy Star 2 review. Hopefully. Hopefully. Uh, it'll be 15 episodes, Rich, between our last review and this review. That's <laughs> over half of the life of this podcast. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, well, hopefully Final Fantasy Legends should be a fairly short game. You, uh, has that arrived yet? Uh, not yet. I'm still waiting on it. Come on, Don't man. worry, I'll get it. It's got to arrive. It's got to arrive. <laughs> right, yes. So hopefully we'll be doing that and we'll be moving on to Final Fantasy Legend, uh, which is Saga number one, the very yes. first Saga game on the Game Boy. Yep, so uh, guys, feel free to contact me if you want to at Metanica on Twitter, M-E-T-U-N-N-I-C-A. And me at hailblue 1569 Yep, and you can find us all. You can also, if you want to support the, sh- if you want to support the show, send us a buck. Uh, you can do that on Patreon. Uh, just search for RPGY, R-P-G-G-Y uh, and you'll be able to find us there. We have a couple of different tiers, but you know anything from the one dollar tier, and you get all the extra content. So we're trying to do some of our um, off-list games, 
uh, as reviews although we haven't done one yet <laughs> but you can also nope. hear my uh, my audio let's plays of fantasy star 2 which uh, is proving very shocking <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. have to say. Uh, no, I mean, just the storyline, Rich, is just absolutely mind-blowing. <laughs> I'm being like punched in the gut over and over again in this game. It's great. <laughs> but we'll yeah, you can hear me play through that on there, and we'll try and do a lot more stuff like that in the future. Um, yeah, other than that, leave us a review on iTunes. Um, you can win some of Rich's money. Yes. Yep. And um, also, if you're in the US and you leave us an iTunes review, we'll give you a Pokemon uh, Ultra Moon code for the Pokemon Latias. And lo- learn that. Yeah. <laughs> you, get a, you get a free legendary Pokemon. <laughs> so, you Which know, it's, wor- it's worth leaving a review just for that, as long as it's five stars. <laughs> nah, I'm only joking. Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah contact us at RPG years if you have any questions and um, yeah we want uh, who's that RPG characters send that to rpggy1 at gmail.com and any other questions that you may have and look out for the uh, uh, the RPG battle royale votes on Twitter as well because we love that stuff it's good yes. fun alright Rich that's me done alright have a good week guys yeah I'll speak to you next week yeah.